The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Isaiah 28 and verse 29, here's what it says. Isaiah chapter 28, just a couple pages over, and in verse 29, the Bible says, This also cometh forth from the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel, watch what it says, and excellent in working. Now take your Bible. Oh, I'll just read these, but if you want to follow me along, you certainly may. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. The Bible says, Then this Daniel was preferred above the, uh, uh, it says above the presidents and princes, because of an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. The Bible says, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show, it says, I unto you a more excellent way. Uh, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 10. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 10. The Bible says that ye may prove things that are excellent. The Bible says that ye may uh, be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. I want to speak tonight, if I may, for a few minutes we have together on making it excellent. Making it excellent. When uh, we lived in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, we lived there for eight years. All three of the boys were born in Mississippi. Rebecca was born in Tennessee, where I pastored there. But there in Mississippi, there was a, a fellow that was very well known by the name of Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice was a football player and uh, just did an excellent job in playing football. Uh, he was born on October the 13th, 1962, there in Starksville, Mississippi. Uh, Jerry grew up around his dad. His dad was a bricklayer, and uh, uh, both he and his brother uh, used to love to help his daddy. And so daddy being a bricklayer, as, uh, as Jerry got a little bit older, his brother would stand on the ground, and he would throw bricks up to Jerry, and Jerry would catch the bricks, and he would make stacks for his daddy. His daddy would lay the bricks. He did that for many, many years, just catching brick after brick after brick. And little did he know that that was going to be that that would prepare him for playing uh, pro football. Uh, Jerry uh, Rice played uh, pro football. I'm talking about NFL, 15 years for the San Francisco 49ers. And then, of course, he also played for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he graduated when he graduated uh, high school. He graduated from a, a, just a tiny little Mississippi Valley State uh, uh, school, if you will, and then, of course, went on to another state school that was the Mississippi State. Uh, it was called Mississippi Valley State College. Uh, college and it's just a very very small uh, type of college uh, when he was drafted he was drafted the 16th overall pick in the 1985 draft for the San Francisco 49ers and so he was not chosen as the first receiver he was not chosen as the second receiver there was others that was uh, chosen before he was but uh, he was somebody that just practiced catching if you will over and over and over again and it started as a young man as uh, his brother would heave up the bricks, I mean throw up the bricks, and he'd catch them one by one by one by one every day, 
every day. I'm talking about hundreds of bricks were thrown up, and Jerry would catch them one by one by one by one. And uh, he practiced it over and over and over again. And he'd set those bricks up, and his daddy would lay them then. Uh, that was somebody that practiced catching, and he became excellent at catching. But it wasn't excellent at catching a football. It was excellent in catching bricks. He never would have known uh, ever that uh, God was going to open a door for him to be able to catch the football. But he practiced over and over again. May I say something to our young people tonight? You might look at your life and you may say, well, I tell you what, what I'm doing is unimportant. You may look at your life tonight and you may say, well, what I'm doing is just not significant. You may look at your life tonight and you may say, well, I just don't see the need in continuing to get education uh, through the 12th grade. Uh, you may look at your life tonight and you may say, well, I just don't see the need of continuing to work a bus route. I don't see the need of continuing to be able to do the chores around the house or around the farm. I just don't see the need to be able to continue to do what I do. If you will practice being excellent in all that you do, whether you're a teenager, whether you're a child, whether you are an adult, can I tell you, uh, God will open greater doors for you. Uh, the word excellent means outstanding. It means exceptional it means better uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 the Bible says and whatsoever you do uh, do it heartily as unto the Lord not unto men the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and in verse 10 the Bible says whatsoever thy hand findeth to do do it with thy might the Bible says for there is no work nor device nor knowledge nor wisdom uh, in the grave whether thou goest and so God says that nothing should be done mediocre if you will. Uh, it should not be a, uh, that which is done uh, insignificantly. It ought to be done with great importance. And uh, we ought to not be somebody that is the middle of the rotor, but we ought to be somebody that gives our very, very best. Now, by the way, in giving our best, we ought to give our best for the one that gave his best for us, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I, I want to try, if I may please tonight, to encourage you uh, to be able to give to Christ excellence. Give to Christ excellence. Uh, don't just be somebody uh, that is mediocre, if you will. Don't be uh, somebody that, well, it's not important. Uh, don't be somebody that says, well, I'll tell you what, I will be an individual if I want to be, and when I don't want to be, I won't be that individual. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15, the Bible says, God speaking here about a church, he says, I know thy works, uh, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would that thou wert cold or hot. So uh, then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. In other words, uh, somebody that does things uh, mediocrely, if you will, or kind of not important, not with great energy, not with great urgency, not with great uh, importance. Uh, here's what God says about that church God said, It just makes me sick just makes me sick. He said it makes me so sick I'd like to spit you out of my mouth. Now may I say if Christ gave us his best so ought we to give him our best. If, uh, if, uh, if uh, Christ did not cheat on us then we ought not to cheat on him. If, uh, if Christ did not despise us then why should we despise him? Let me give you some thoughts to think about tonight. There is always a reason to offer God less than our best. There's always a reason to offer God 
uh, less than our best. You know, if we're not careful tonight, what we do is we give him the leftovers. If we're not careful tonight, what we do is we decide that he is not important. There's three reasons why uh, God receives less than our best. Uh, let me give it to you. Uh, there's that which is uh, somebody that's saying, well, i tell you what, you know, uh, things are, 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 are needs to be done cheap, and it just needs to be done easy, and so uh, let's just got, give God the cheapest, and let's give God the easiest. And uh, by the way, I think that's what Cain's problem was when given that offering. Abel gave of his best, and Cain gave of that which was the easiest and uh, can I say God accepted one and God rejected the other uh, God does not uh, deserve that which is leftovers not our leftover time not our leftover money not our leftover energy God deserves our very best uh, you know sometimes people might not give God their best because they believe that maybe uh, uh, you know he doesn't deserve it and so they have a bad attitude towards God or oh, it might be that they blame God for something or another and uh, it might be that they think that God has mistreated them but can I tell you that uh, God still deserves our very best even if you have a distorted view of God may I say that we ought to give God our best no matter what our attitude is well somebody might say well I just don't want to give God my very best because after all everybody else is doing it I've heard that one probably is the biggest excuse of all uh, God doesn't need what I have because he's got so many people that's doing it I would beg a difference with you tonight God does not have so many people that's doing it God needs you. Uh, God wants you to give him your very best. By the way, uh, you need to do that because you love him, but you also need to do that for your sake. If you don't give God your very best and you don't give God your excellence, if you would please, then pray tell me tonight who will. You realize people are watching you tonight? You realize that people follow you tonight? Do you realize tonight that uh, as we are, so do those become that we are walking and casting a shadow upon? Do you also realize realize this tonight if uh, you don't give God your very best then who are you giving your very best to Jesus Christ shed his blood Jesus Christ died Jesus Christ uh, uh, went to that which is a grave and God raised him victorious from the world the flesh and the devil but can I tell you nobody else did that for you you say, well, I don't want to give God my best because my best friend is not doing that. You're not supposed to live for God because your best friend does, and you're not supposed to live for God because your best friend doesn't. You're supposed to live for God. Uh, we love Him. Why do we love Him? We love Him because He first loved us. If we do not understand the love of God, we'll never love Him the way we should. You know, most people that are self-centered, the reason that they don't love God is because they love themselves more than they love God. Can I tell you tonight, if we'll just get the love life straight, we won't have as much problem giving ourselves to God. I'm saying that there is always a reason where people offer God less than their best. Statement number two, our service reveals the attitude toward God. Our service reveals our attitude towards God. You know, it's good to have a good attitude towards God. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now wait a minute. So God tells me exactly where he's supposed to be and my priority of life. He says to seek him first. You know, uh, what we prioritize shows what's important to us. 
uh, my dear wife, my dear wife, we had a, a snake that got in her house, just a little garden snake, I think, but a snake that got in her house, and uh, I was walking outside, and I guess I stepped over it or something. I didn't step on it. I would have felt the smush, but uh, I stepped over it, and I turned around because I saw something squiggling on the floor, and my wife had already made it out to the garage, which means she'd already stepped over it, and so uh, I stepped over it. I was heading out to the garage. I looked back, and there's this little wiggly snake right there. Well, I did the masking thing. I killed it. I did ask my wife, though. I said, would you like to take it with you today on soul winning? And she said no. And, and uh, so we threw it out. Well, then we came back into the house later on the next day, and there's another one. But this time, it's in the kitchen. And I said, oh, we might better be careful because there might be another one in the bedroom. Well, that didn't go over too well. But, uh, but, but can I tell you this? Can I tell you that I took care of the snake? Why? Well, first off, the snake needed to be cared for. But uh, I wanted my wife to know I'm the protector. So I killed that big snake and uh, I threw it outside. Now, can I tell you uh, I love my wife? Uh, can I tell you I love my God? Can I tell you tonight I love you? You know, it's wonderful to be a pastor of a people that loves God. The people that love God are the easiest people in all the world to pastor. They're not troublemakers in the church. They're not trying to gather their own squad up against the preacher. You know, they just love God. They just have a heart for God. They just want to serve God. I, I've never met, and I'm just being honest with you, I preach out of town a lot. On Monday and Tuesdays, I'll fly out most often, and I'll preach in churches around America. And I just want to brag on you a little bit tonight. Don't get high-minded or heady so that your head doesn't fit throughout the back door. But can I tell you, it's an honor to be the pastor of Parkside Baptist Church. Uh, we have a people that love God. We have a people that's in it for God. We have a people that's not criticizing each other. Now, by the way, if any of that's going on, don't tell me because I'll think less of you. But, uh, but we've got a people that's not criticizing each other and a people that love uh, uh, the work of God and the word of God and the way of God and the preacher that God's given you and the staff that God's given you. Can I say that it's a blessed honor to be able to serve God. It's a blessed honor to be your pastor and to be your leader it's a wonderful privilege to be able to do that but now let's always keep our service to God the right way so that helps her attitude always to stay straight oh it would be hard to preach to a bunch of people that's always looking like they're mad it'd be hard to preach to a bunch of people that would nobody ever comes to the altar that would be so discouraging It'd be hard to preach to a bunch of people that never says amen, that uh, never shakes a hand when handshaking time uh, comes, when uh, uh, to preach to a bunch of people that would be hard-necked and stiff-necked. It'd be hard and difficult. Boy, thank God you're not that way. Statement number one, uh, there's always going to be a reason where people offer God less than their best. Statement number two, uh, I'm saying we ought to give God our very best. We ought to give God excellence. But why people don't do it? Well, Statement number two, sometimes our service reveals our attitude towards God. We have a wrong attitude towards God. And we ought to have a good attitude towards God. We ought to thank God for God being God. You ever do that? You ever just go out into the meadow and you walk through the meadow and you say, God, tonight I want to thank you for being you. I want to thank you for answering prayer. I want to thank you for the mom and daddy that you gave me. I want to thank you for church. You ever just walk out and just be thankful for all that God has been to you? Uh, statement number next. Uh, service is meant to be costly. Service is meant to be costly. 
You know, uh, my daddy said this, anything worth having is worth working for. Yeah. I saw my dad get up at uh, 4.30 in the morning, and at 4.30 in the morning or so, he was heading down to Baltimore City to work at the Maryland National Bank every morning, just like clockwork. Uh, uh, he would get ready to go to work and uh, had to travel 45 minutes down into the city, show up at Maryland National Bank, sometimes would get off at, uh, at uh, 5 and 6 and 7 o'clock at night, then travel back up through the hills uh, to come back up to where we live. That was sacrifice, but we had food on the table. We had clothes on the back. We had a nice, li uh, nice living. We had a nice uh, house. We drove nice cars. Why? Because somebody sacrificed. Now, I, I think we ought to do this sometime. I think as teenagers, as children, you ought to go to your parents sometime and say, I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for working hard. Thank you for sacrificing. Thank you for feeding me. Thank you for putting up with me. Y'all might thank them for that more than anything else. But y'all just go to them and say, thank you. Thank you. Uh, go up and pat dad on the back sometime and say, thank you for being my daddy. I'm glad you're my daddy. You know, uh, show appreciation. Show gratitude. Go up to your Sunday school teacher sometime and say, hey, I want to thank you for being my Sunday school teacher. I want to thank you for uh, sacrificing and learning and growing and, and uh, so that I could learn and grow. Thank you for that. Oh, you ought to thank the ushers. Oh, you're saying, preacher, you're getting down to where it's at. You're telling us we ought to thank everyone. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You ought to thank the person sitting beside you tonight or you'd be sitting there by yourself. Yeah. Uh, you say, I wish they weren't sitting beside me. We're not going there. We're not going there. I'm saying this, you ought to be thankful tonight. Be thankful. Uh, uh, we had, uh, it was funny, I was preaching this morning. I did not know this gentleman was here, but on the third row right here, one, two, three, was a man by the name of Joe. Uh, Joe came to church. Well, I gave an illustration this morning about Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis, heavyweight boxing champion, uh, won uh, 26, uh, defending his title back in 1934, was very well known. This man's name was Joe. He was sitting third row back. And I uh, also gave an illustration about a young man uh, that in Seattle, uh, he stole a police car, and he outran the first police car that was chasing him. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, later on, I'm sure they caught him. And this man uh, was uh, led to the Lord this morning uh, by Brother Heminger. And uh, Brother Heminger related the story to me. Brother Butler related the story to me. And then finally, uh, Joe came up, and he said, Can I tell you a story? Well, I'd already heard it twice, but I wanted to hear it, hear it straight from the horse's mouth. And so he came up. He said, uh, I can't believe, he said, that God is so direct I said what do you mean he said my name is Joe he said and uh, I just got out of prison uh, three months ago I said why'd you get out of prison he said I stole a police car he said I just can't believe you called my name and you told my story he said by that time you called my name and you told the story I knew God was in this and I needed to listen extra careful and he said, so come the salvation time, he said, I knew exactly what I needed. Then Brother Heminger led him to Christ. Amen. Now, may I say this, uh, you know, sometimes uh, those of you that's training to be soul winners and you're trying to help your friends and help your relatives, and, uh, you know, uh, you'd be surprised how God could use you to help somebody else along the way. 
You'd be surprised. Christmas time, wonderful time to give out the gospel. Uh, you know, being uh, close to Thanksgiving now, and you're thinking about that big old fat, juicy turkey that somebody's going to cook, and you're going to uh, be able to eat. But you know, it's a time of Thanksgiving. Now, I'm saying this tonight. I'm saying that service is meant to be costly. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, the Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of all thine increase. So, in verse 10, it says of Proverbs 3, Shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and uh, thy presses shall burst out with new wine. God said this. Uh, and by the way, my dear wife, she's such a wonderful blessing uh, in many, many areas. And uh, by the way, I did kill the second snake also. So, but uh, but uh, she she uh, helped so much with uh, keeping uh, 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 what do you call it uh, keeping record with keeping record when God gives us things we tithe when God gives us gifts we tithe if somebody gives us a gift card we tithe off of it somebody gives me a pair of shoes uh, we tithe off of it somebody gives me a suit somebody gives me a tie uh, we tithe off of it and my wife is so good uh, to keep record of all that and 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 we give above the tithe of, of what God gives us you say why you do that because we saw this verse one day in the Bible and it just made sense to us Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of all thine increase. The, those things that God gives me is called increase. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 10, the Bible says, As you honor him with that substance, if you honor him with the first fruits, here's what he says. He says, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. With plenty. Uh, and it says, And thy presses burst, burst out with new wine. Now, and so here's what God says. He says, If you honor me with your first fruits, he said, I will bless you so much your barns can't hold it. Uh, you say, So you're, you're, you're giving to God to get from God? No, I'm giving to God because I love God. And I saw that verse one day, but God is always true to his word. God always blesses more than you can imagine when you put him first. And so for many, many years, by the way, our children do the same thing. But for many, many years, uh, we have practiced that principle. And can I tell you, our barns have always been filled. Why? Because we take God at his word. And you might not can take everybody at his word, but you can take God at his word. May I say, uh, service is meant to be costly. Uh, you know, the cost of serving God should be excellent. I mean, we ought to be excellent in our hard work. Excellent. You know, just because I work at the church, that don't mean that I ought to put in less hours than anybody else that works in a secular field. Right. By the way, I don't do that. And these men that sit behind me and others that work on staff here and faculty, they don't do that. Uh, you won't find any of the assistant pastors that put in less uh, than uh, 45, 50 hours, sometimes 60 or 70 hours. You know, you won't find any of them. These are not lazy fellas. These are working fellas. Now, I wouldn't hire a lazy man. Why would I want to hire a lazy man when I can hire somebody that knows how to work? Amen. I'm saying this tonight. Uh, you know, be excellent uh, in your work. Uh, be excellent in your details. Details. Uh, let's not do stuff just half-heartedly. Uh, let's make it look good. I think the bathrooms ought to look good. Just because it's a church, I don't think you ought to have run-down bathrooms. I think the nursery, and thank you for giving uh, towards the nursery. I think that we're about where we need to be to be able to start uh, working in that nursery area. Now, can I tell you, thank you for doing that. I mean, what a wonderful blessing that is. Now, can I say this? Uh, uh, doing uh, the work that God has ought to be done in excellence. Everything that we do for God ought to be done first class. Amen. 
Oh, I remember years ago, some of you older people remember this. Don't nod your head because it aged you. But, uh, uh, but uh, years ago, I remember I'm talking about uh, uh, Baptist churches would put out gospel tracts and they would be paced. They'd take the verses and they'd paste them. Then they'd run them off on a copy machine and you'd see all the lines here and there. It looked absolutely horrible. But I think when you put out gospel tracts, they ought to be first class. I think when you have an auditorium, it ought to be first class. I think when you have a classroom, it ought to be first class. Why is it that God's people think that the things of God ought to be less than our very best and retaining it the way that it should be or changing it the way that it should be? Uh, when somebody walks into a church, they ought not be turned off because there's stains all over the carpet. When somebody walks into a church, they ought to look at it and say, Wow, how, what a wonderful building. And that's because of the sacrifice of God's people. The sacrifice I'm talking about should be given in the excellence of God's work, in the excellence of the details. Uh, be excellent, if you would please, in the daily task. It'd be good for some of you fellows to learn how to fold your clothes Amen. and put your own clothes away. Stop putting it all on mama. One day you might not ever get married. Learn to fold your own clothes and put them away. It'd be good for some of you fellows to learn to iron your own clothes. But you say, but my mama, she always irons my clothes. Well, what if she gets arthritis in her right hand and her left thumb? I mean, what's going to happen then? Hello. You know, it wouldn't be bad for some of you girls to learn to cook. Say, so now, you're, now you're putting your nose in my business. I know I like doing that sometimes. But you, it would be good. You know, uh, potatoes, by the way, should not come uh, in a box. Learn how to make real potatoes. By the way, that'll help you not have to go to the hospital as much because it's real. You know, learn, that, that you learn how to preserve. What's that, preacher? That means you need to learn how to preserve. Uh, learn how to have a little garden in your backyard. Learn how to plant something. Learn how to take it in. Put up preservatives. Then eat them later on. You say, well, that's just old-fashioned stuff. Oh, I tell you, old-fashioned stuff is good stuff. Uh, hey, Daddy, take your son fishing sometime and teach him how to hold a worm. I didn't say eat it. I said hold it. <laughs> teach him how to bait the hook. By the way, teach your daughter how to do that too. Hello. Teach that boy how to mow a lawn and then turn him loose on it. Might not turn out right the first year, but let him keep at it. Hello. Teach your kids to make their own bed. So what in the world are you doing? I'm helping you is what I'm doing. Uh, teach those girls not chase the boys. Girls looking at boys walking down the hallway. Ooh, ooh. And by the way, boys, girls are not numbers. Well, she's a one. Well, she's a two. Well, she's a ten. No, no, no. They're not. You don't number them like cows. Hello. Boys, be gentlemen. Learn to open the door for your own mama. Mama, let him open the door. Uh, wait till she gets all of her body parts in, then shut it. Teach them how to be gentlemen. If you don't teach them how to be gentlemen, they're not going to treat a lady like a lady. Now, by the way, ladies, if you want to be treated like a lady, dress like one. 
Look, I'm just saying this. I'm saying if we would get back to the old-fashioned ways of, uh, of that which is having mystique and that which is caring about people and that which is uh, involving ourselves in people's lives, I think we'd have a better society. I think we'd have people that would uh, uh, take and appreciate people more. Hello. You say, my husband, my husband, my husband, you know, my husband, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't care for me uh, uh, like he should. I'm not being mean, but then don't let yourself go just because you got married. The same way you got him is the same way you're going to keep him. Hello. You know, uh, now, don't, oh, please, I'm trying not to get you mad at me. I'm just trying to help. My preacher said this. My other preachers, I didn't say this. My other preacher said this. It's, and by the way, he's dead. He's in heaven, so you can't hurt him now. But he says, now, ladies, he said, when you get older, if the barn needs painting, put it on. Amen. You guys don't have guts enough to say Amen. You know, into something, you know, and you believe in modesty and you believe in having uh, good Bible standards, and I'm all for it. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm all for it. But you don't have to dress so homely. You don't have to dress like you're out working in a garden. It might be good to fix yourself up from time to time. No, I'm talking to the ladies, not the men. All right, that's enough rabbit trail. But now watch this, if you will. I'm saying this. I'm saying, uh, uh, you know, our service is meant to be costy. You know, uh, don't complain uh, because you have to come to church. Thank God for it. Don't complain because we have Sunday night service. Thank God for it. Don't complain because we have Wednesday night Bible study. Thank God for it. Come and get involved and learn and grow and appreciate all that God has given you. One day it's going to pass away and you're going to wish that you had it. Uh, statement number next and I'm done. Uh, God expects and deserves nothing less than our best. God expects and deserves nothing less than our best. Curtis Hudson used to say good, better, best. Never let it rest. To your good is your better and your better is your best. Give God your very best. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31, the Bible says, uh, uh, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, the Bible says, uh, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, make sure that you give God superiority. Make sure that you give God your most perfected work. Uh, excellence, somebody said, is striving. Striving for excellence simply means this. Making every effort in the preparation and of the execution to do your best that you can. That's being excellent. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Our Bible warns against that. Some comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You say, well, I tell you what, I'm discouraged because I can't do it like so-and-so. You're not supposed to do it first to compare yourself to so-and-so. You're supposed to do it because you want to please the Lord. God uses different people and different personalities. 
Thank God we're all not the same. God uses different people in different ways. May I say this tonight, two verses, and I'll close. The Bible says in Psalm 145 and verse 3, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. In other words, you can never out-search it. Uh, the deeper you go with God and trying to figure out uh, if you can uh, uh, be able to see how good he is, you keep searching, you'll find out it gets better and better. Uh, over in Revelation chapter 4 and in verse 11, the Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Uh, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So God says this. God says that he is created us if you would please uh, to be able to perform the task that pleases him my daddy uh, was part Cherokee and daddy had uh, a little bit darker skin brown eyes and I never will forget my dear dad uh, my dad and I uh, we would do many things together as I was coming up as a boy and I hated to disappoint my daddy I really did and I remember my dear dad my dad was heading out one morning and oftentimes more than not as he's getting ready to leave out the door between uh, 4.45 and 5 o'clock he'd wake us boys up and he'd give us chores for the day and uh, and then we'd either stay up and get a breakfast and get ready for school or we'd go back to bed most of the time and uh, then we'd get back up and get ready to go to school and he gave us chores to do I remember, and you'll remember the story if you've been with me an awful long time, but I remember one time Daddy said, now there's going to be a dump truck today, it's going to be coming in and we started to uh, split the wood uh, early so that it could dry out over the summer months and so we could burn it come the fall and winter months. We had a huge, huge fireplace and dad ran vents from the fireplace. He was very, uh, very much uh, uh, using his uh, uh, skills to be able to do so many things around the house and so the entire house was heated mostly by the fireplace. His vents came off of the fireplace and we would burn the fire. And, uh, and, but daddy would say, he said, okay, you're going to deliver that wood and I want you, Mike, to split it. And I get started on it now. I never will forget, we had basketball court at our house, and I invited some fellows over to play basketball. And I, I, my, my, my intentions were good. They really was. I thought more hands make light work, and so we'll play basketball for just a little bit, and I'll get these fellows to help me to split and cord that wood. And so they came over. I had the splitting irons out there. I had the sledgehammers out there. I had a couple of axes out there. We didn't have any uh, chains saws or anything like that or, uh, or gas splitters or nothing. We had to do it by hand. And so I had all that stuff out there and we were ready to do it. And so I invited these fellows over. I said, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. I said, let's play until noon. I figured I had plenty of time. Uh, they came over about 8 o'clock and we went play basketball for a couple hours. And I said, let's play till noon and we'll get something to eat and we'll start to split and cord that wood. Oh, they thought that was just great because I said I'd feed them too. And so, uh, so here's what happened. Uh, they came over. We, we played basketball. Oh, it was so good. We played there on the basketball court. We played for a long time. And then I told them, let's go eat. And so we went inside. We cleaned out the refrigerator. They were good at that too. <laughs> About midway in the morning, one of the fellows, and that's okay. There were several of us there. And one of the fellows said, well, I got to go. And I said, okay, we'll see you later. So he took off. Right before we ate the noon meal, another fellow said, oh, I got to go. And he took off. Right after that, uh, the other four fellows, after we ate, said, I got to go. And all four of them took off. They knew I was going to ask them to help split cord that wood. 
bunch of booger heads. And so they, they took off. And, and did you know I got left there all by myself? My daddy uh, came home, and I got preoccupied with some other stuff. That had hardly any of the wood split whatsoever. And, uh, and daddy came home, and he looked at me with those uh, deep brown seated eyeballs. And he said this. He said, Michael, and he yelled it to the top of his voice when he pulled in the driveway. That meant I was in trouble. And he said, I can't believe you have no character. He chewed me out one side, up, up one side, down the other side pointed his finger in my chest and hollered so the neighbors could hear and the cows ran down the meadow. I mean, it was just horrible. And, uh, and he didn't say he was going to whip me. He didn't say that one time. Here's what he said. He said, I'm so disappointed in you. And as I looked into my daddy's eyes and I saw daddy's disappointment, I'll be honest with you, it hurt. That hurt. That hurt more than any uh, punishment he ever could have gave me. That hurt. Because, you see, I didn't want to hurt my dad. We had a close relationship, and I just didn't want to hurt my daddy. Can I tell you, that night I went out there, and I put lights out there, and I split wood to about midnight that night. Uh, the next morning I'm waking up. I've got blisters all over my hands. I wrapped my hands. I got out there early in the morning as the sun was coming up. And I started splitting that wood again. And uh, when Daddy came home, I had blisters so bad the hands were bleeding. But when Daddy came home, I had uh, three quarters, at least three quarters of that wood split. And then he got my, brother, uh, my brothers involved. And, you know, he had them doing other things, but he got them involved in cutting that wood. Now, can I tell you, what broke my heart is I looked in my Daddy's eyes and I realized I disappointed my Daddy. And that killed me on the inside. Now, may I say this? Uh, we ought to look at our God that way. We ought to look at our God that way. I wonder, has there been a time in your life, dear friend, where you've disappointed your Lord? Has there been a time where you know you should have did something, but you did not? You know you shouldn't have done something, but you did, and you disappointed Him? Shouldn't we give God our excellence? Look what he did for us. Well, every morning I wake up, and I'm just being honest with you, every morning I wake up, and it's a fresh day every morning. Boy, I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad if I took my last breath, my next breath would be in heaven, and I'm so excited about it. Harley can contain myself sometimes when talking to people about Christ. It's a wonderful thing for me to be able to share the gospel with someone. We were out soul winning uh, yesterday, and uh, I had the privilege to lead several people to Christ. One was a man, and I knocked on the door, and somebody wasn't there. I was doing a follow-up for Jared on his bus route. And so this man come walking down the street, and I said, hey, hey, let's talk. And, and uh, we went over, Kevin and I, Brother Craig, that is, and I went over, and we started talking to this man and had the privilege to show him how he needed to receive Christ as Savior, and he bowed his heart, received Christ as Savior. What a wonderful blessing. And then in there, there was other saved ladies. Later, but can I tell you that was a wonderful blessing uh, can I tell you it's a wonderful blessing to be able to be saved and know it it's a wonderful blessing not to ever let it become the norm but to decide because he saved us we ought to live excellently onto him thank you for joining us today for more audio or video content you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.